Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Network Show. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always from the other side of the country, he's feeling cold this week, folks. Apparently his, uh, his heater's not working. But it's California spread. It doesn't get cold in California, right? It's really not that bad. Basically, I just have to like wear a sweatshirt and uh, and pants in my house, and you know, <laughs> it's not that bad. It's about uh, fifty degrees outside, so. But I'll get it nice and warm and and toasty here in a couple hours after we get this technician. But while I'm waiting for him, we have uh, some exciting games of NBA basketball tonight. So I'm looking forward to diving in those with you. It is our weekly check-in on the National Basketball Association. As always, we like to start with the standings just to see how things are evolving. It's especially fun since the number one seed in the East is my Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, they would be the one seed followed by the Bucks, who are looking much better, which is good for all my preseason bets. Um, the Indiana Pacers, the Brooklyn Nets, Celtics, Cavaliers would all be locked into the playoffs. And then your little play-in group would be Atlanta, New York, Orlando, Chicago, which means Toronto out Miami out what do you think spread I mean obviously Miami has had a ton of injury trouble Toronto has seemed to kind of find itself here maybe in the last 10 games I, I hoping you know again that that they'll be able to put it together and kind of catch up here a little bit but are, are you starting to worry about the heat at all I mean are we too far into the season they're six and 11 at this point I mean any team would struggle missing their best player and if any player embodies the whole personality of the team it's Jimmy Butler so I mean, he's one of those guys that cannot even have much of a box score and have a huge impact on the game. So I'm not necessarily worried about them. The Raptors are by far on their way up. So, I mean, I think they'll definitely be in there uh, for sure. Um, but can we go back to number one and tell me tell me your thoughts on the game last night? Because uh, that was a pretty exciting win for uh, the Sixers. To I think that was the first road loss for the Lakers this year, right? You could definitely see that the Sixers were locked in and super focused on this game. I think the Lakers were too, but there seemed to be kind of an extra level coming from the Sixers. Joel Embiid was fantastic. He played an absolutely great game. He was on point all night, playing aggressive, um, really starting to look like he's finally kind of found whatever rhythm or rest cycle he needs to be in shape and play these games well. He just looked absolutely fantastic. Um, they were super locked in. And, I mean, that's just about as good as the Sixers can look. Tobias Harris scoring points, Joel Embiid scoring points, Ben Simmons causing trouble on the defensive end, getting a bunch of assists, getting rebounds, kind of just, you know, doing basketball stuff. Um, you know, the fourth quarter obviously wasn't great. It was rough to watch them kind of – fall apart like that kind of at the end. And I mean, they did get the win, but Doc Rivers needs to work on maybe some of that end game stuff. And, and we knew that was a thing, but at least it's not Brett Brown. So I couldn't be more optimistic. I thought last night was great. I think that would be an absolutely fantastic final series. If we could get that, I think you're looking at six, maybe even seven games. That would be a lot of fun. So it's, uh, it's a good time to be a Sixers fan spread. It's a great time. And you know, what's funny. I was thinking about the Sixers off season and Doc Rivers. It's almost like you have this, this terrible contract in Tobias Harris, right? So even though he's not the best coach, why don't we bring in the coach that's going to get the most out of this terrible contract and actually make it a pretty good contract now? I mean, probably still a little bit overpaid, right? But hey, I don't know if you can call made, it a good he's contract. He's made a leap, right? Yeah. I, again, the way I describe it is that last year was just a mess, and I think you have to throw out a lot of what you saw last year, given the coach, given the situation. I think that now that there's some more freedom there – I always thought he was good. He's a really dynamic scorer. He could shoot threes. He has a nice long two game. He's actually, a, I think, an underrated ball handler and passer. He posts a little bit. He's just – he knows how to go out there and get a bucket. Um, 
And I think that's what we're finally starting to see. And if he can really be that great second scorer that the Sixers need and Simmons can kind of focus on doing other stuff, I think all the chip, all the, the pieces finally fall in place. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, fantastic. And, boy, how much fun is this going to be? I think that the rest of the East is so lucky about this Harden trade because now Milwaukee and now Philadelphia, they just get to fly right under the radar. And let's just say that they either of those teams come up short and, and Brooklyn does make uh, the finals. It's not. It's not like blow it up. It's you know, the the pressure just isn't there. So uh, I think the East is so fascinating this year, and uh, I really think that this, this NBA with Philadelphia being a powerhouse, it's just it's just good for the league, and it's just fun as a fan. Well, you know that I love it. Um, yeah. It was a fun game last night. I think the Lakers obviously would have a few things they'd want to go back and do. It, it is a fun matchup. We would kind of watch the mismatches and things like that. LeBron played a great game. Um, Anthony Davis is always fun to watch when he plays in bead. But as you start to go down the list here, spread, I mean, of course, Milwaukee is the two seed. That makes sense. It's good that the Pacers are still winning games. I continue to not think of them as a team to worry about in the playoffs, but a great regular season team. The Nets are starting to put together and, and you know, look pretty good so far. We'll see what happens again. Celtics, you know, kind of staying afloat with that Tatum. And then you come into this sort of Cleveland, Atlanta, New York section here down at the bottom. Um, Atlanta starting to rebound a little bit. Cleveland holding on for dear life. I mean, they've had as many COVID and injury holdouts as anybody, and somehow they're playing 500 basketball and Thibodeau screaming the Knicks into relevance. Um, any thoughts on those kind of three teams? I mean, do you see them hanging on, or are they just going to kind of fall out as maybe Toronto and even Miami climb back up? Yeah, I think I think they all have legitimate shots. Atlanta, is uh, they are so tough to handicap. Um, they look terrible some nights and then they look fantastic other nights. Uh, I think the Knicks are going to be, I mean, if we were on the 82 game schedule, they look like they're under Thibodeau. They've improved to like a 37, 38 win team. So what is that under the new one? Like 32, 33. Um, so right around the bottom there. And I think Cleveland is secretly a, a pretty good team as well. Um, you know, I kind of view those teams kind of like how we have Orlando the last couple of years where they're good enough to win games. You can't overlook them, but they probably, you know, they're probably just destined for a, for, uh, a terrible first round loss. Um, but night to night as regular season handicappers, I definitely think that they're a great teams to, to, to take advantage of. And um, the rim protection with Drummond and Allen, you, I watched the Cavaliers last night because uh, that, that was my play. I, I took the Cavaliers minus three. And um, they have 48 minutes of rim protection because Drummond goes out and Allen comes in. So you cannot get an easy layup against this team for 48 minutes. And I think that's something that's underrated, and I think there's very few teams that could say that. I was going to hit hit that point as well, and I like how you said it. That was pretty eloquent. But there is. There's very few teams. Um, one of the reasons I think the Sixers have been successful is when Howard uh, Embiid goes out, Howard comes in, and he's great defensively, and that's exactly what's happening here with Cleveland. But at the end of the day, it's Collins, Sexton, and 48 minutes of rim protection. Right. That's not so bad. Not at um, all. They've got some depth. They're young players. I mean, it's – there's some, a little bit of shooting here. It, it's interesting looking at this team. I mean, they're, they are. They're they really competitive, and um, they've been a fun team, frankly, to bet on night in and night out. I know we were talking, uh, you, me, and Shark yesterday, and I was leaning to the Pistons. You hit the nail on the head with, with Cleveland. That was a good call. So um, they've been solid. I think there is a chance that they can kind of fight and hang on. I don't know if they'll stay in kind of the locked top six playoff teams, but I think they'll be an interesting playing team for sure. Definitely, definitely. Any other thoughts in the East before we run through the Western Conference quickly? No, let's hit the Western Conference. 
Utah is the one seed since the stupid Lakers lost last night. <laughs> Lakers the two seed, followed by the Clippers, Nuggets, Trailblazers, Warriors, Spurs, and Grizzlies. Again, the locked-in playoff teams, that stops at the Warriors, and then your playing group would be Spurs, Grizzlies, Suns, and Thunder. The Suns plummeting. Um, they were, I think, a number one or number two if we go back to uh, a few weeks ago here on the show. That's one of the reasons I kind of like doing this. I mean, I've, what have you seen from Phoenix? Is it the schedule finally starting to get tougher? I mean, I was on them uh, last night or maybe even the night before at this point. No, I think it was last night. Um, minus five and a half against Oklahoma City in a game they lost outright. Um, mm-hmm. Have you gotten to watch much Suns basketball? I mean, if I'm being honest, it's all a little late for me. Yeah, I've watched them here and there. Honestly, I'm not as fascinated with this team as I think other people are. Um, I think DeAndre Ayton's a great player. Sometimes I worry that his stats make him seem a little better than his actual impact is. I think he's putting up good numbers, but sometimes it seems like he disappears towards the end of the games. I don't think Chris Paul has had the same impact that he did last year. I think his play has dipped a little bit. Not sure why. Um, And, of course, you know, I mean, let's be honest. Up until that little eight-game stretch, right, this team was considered absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible, right? Like, worse than the Sacramento Kings. Like, I was like, they're worse than us, right? Then they had that eight-game stretch in the bubble, Right, and then they get Chris Paul, and all of a sudden they're they're a championship contender. It just seems like it's a little bit too much, too soon. But to be fair, I think they will bounce back. I think they're just going through a rough stretch right now. Uh, you know, getting ready for tonight's game. I see that Booker's out again. Uh, I think that they've really struggled to score. I know that Chris Paul can step up and take some of that, but he's nowhere near the dynamic score that 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 Booker is. Um, I think Bridges is one of the best young players in the NBA, so that's fantastic right there. But the West is just loaded, and, and there's no easy games, and, and Phoenix is learning that, um, you know, the road from a lottery, <laughs> perennial lottery team to championship contender is, is not as easy as just adding um, one state farm representative. <laughs> you know, they start the year seven and four, um, then had a little COVID break there. Um, since they come back from COVID, one and four in those games, and I, I wonder if maybe some of that's getting them their legs back a little bit. I know Devin Booker um, had some off-on issues maybe in a few of those games, but Phoenix, a team sort of tumbling downward. I mean, again, as you go back through the list, it makes sense. I mean, the Jazz are probably the most surprising team here. I know that we thought they'd be good, a solid regular season team, but um, they're 14-4, and four, uh, one of the better point differentials in the league so far this year. What have you seen from the Jazz, and have they taken a step up in your mind, or are they sneaking into you know, kind of the, the conversation as maybe a team that might not uh, lose the championship? I think they've definitely put themselves in the finals contender category. I think that right now they are where we thought the Nuggets would be when we were doing our preseason previews. And I think the key for the Jazz has been continuity. Um, the fact that they brought most everyone back, right? They get Bogdanovich back out of the double. but uh, He wasn't in the bubble. Now he's back. It's, huge. it's a huge shooting edge. I think Conley has finally figured out um, what his role is with his team. I think him and Mitchell were really having problems at first. Um, playing together. I think they look great together now. Here's my thing with the Jazz. I remember when they did this last year and they ran off like, you know, a 16-game stretch where they were like 15-1 and one or 14-2, and two, right? And then they just followed it up with like a 10-game stretch where they couldn't win a basketball game. So because of that last year still being in my mind, I'm like not ready to go all in on them as a, as a championship contender yet. But as far as this current streak goes, I'm going to ride it until – 
the wheels fall off. I'm down to bet the Jazz almost every night. Um, I took them last night on the little superstar subtraction theory, and it was my easiest cash of the night. So uh, I'm all in for the Jazz as of the moment. But at the same time, I've seen this happen to this team and seen them just go from the best team to, to a terrible team really quickly. So I need to see some consistency from this team for the full regular season uh, before I'm really ready to put them in that Lakers slash Clippers uh, top tier. To, to me, they exemplify what a successful team really needs to look like this year. As you start to look at all the teams that are that are playing well and all the, and even, you know, specifically some of the good teams that have done well and the bad teams, I'm sorry, the good teams have done poorly and the bad teams that have done well, what you see either is, you know, successful teams basically this year are pretty deep and they have a good coach and a lot of, of kind of security. I mean, as you look at this jazz roster, we kind of made fun of them for not really making any changes, but in a way that was, that's maybe a big asset this year when everything is, you know, kind of a mess, you start to look at the team, they can handle, losing you know one guy any particular night um now as i start to look at their schedule though they haven't played the toughest schedule i mean they've had the clippers once they did beat the clippers but they've yet to play the lakers um i guess they did beat milwaukee i'm just kind of looking through here it just doesn't seem i know they haven't played the lakers yet denver twice i'm just trying to see who else is in here but we'll see i mean it's they've been very impressive and i'm curious to see if it you know maintains as we can continue the season so you're pretty optimistic you think of them as, as championship contenders i'm not quite there yet but um, we'll see how things shake out there um it seems like they're built for whatever's happening this year yeah i think they're and for right now let's just keep riding the streak until they fall off because I'm seeing games where they're lined at like minus four and I'm having them at like minus eight. I mean, they're like by far the team that I have met differently than the books. I just, I think they're a fantastic team right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go on some 10 game losing streak and just blow, blow all this goodwill that they're building up right now. So I start to look through, I mean, the team that, that kind of sticks out that's still on the outside looking in here are the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, they have played literally, I think, one game with a full roster so far this year. So I assume that'll get to be a little better. I know it's tough for you handicapping Mavericks games. Any kind of thoughts on them? Um, you know, what have you been doing, again, with all that kind of roster <laughs> flux? I liked fading them when they had the four players out. Now that they're back, I'm really not sure what to make of it. Um and they, they were the team that, that – um, the Mavericks are just so tough for me right now. They should be so good. But you watched last night. I mean, they were never even in that game at all. They're finally getting everyone back. But just because you're back doesn't mean you're in game shape yet. So I want to hold off, and I want to let these guys work back into it and let them get some playing time together and let them get back in shape before I'm ready to, to condemn a team that we were so high on in the preseason. And I think that most likely – once these guys get healthy again and start playing together, they'll be back to the team that we expected. Any other thoughts on the Western Conference or any of those teams you want to touch on before we jump through uh, the four games we've got tonight? No, let's go into tonight's games. Pretty messy, but we've got four games, and I think we have a little more information than um, when I talked about these earlier. We'll start with Portland versus Houston. That's the first game on the schedule at 7.30 tonight. Um, opens Houston minus 2.5 uh, of the total of 2.28. The total's at 2.29, so not much movement there. But the spread, Houston's taking a bunch of money. They're out to minus 5 at this point, and it looks like that might go even a little further. Christian Wood is back here, and uh, Portland is without Robert Covington, and I believe Damian Lillard. Um, I'm looking at the summary that, that I've got here. He's not out, but it just says note. So I don't know if there's something going on with Dame Lillard here. I mean, I assume that's why Houston, with kind of their new uh, 
roster as a five-point favorite over Portland. I mean, what are you seeing here? How are you reading this game? I wish I would have got that early, minus two and a half. I think I think this is a great game for Houston. They've won they've won by double digits like the last two or three games. Uh, Oladipo's huge. They have 15 guys that finally buy in, right? I mean that they were really smart to take care of that Harden trade. You know, as soon as it blew up and not let it fester. Um, obviously, Brooklyn giving up the farm helped. Um, you know, no one playing hardball with them or however. You know, this this new GM pulled that off. Uh, Raphael Stone. I believe his name is. Boy, he's doing well so far. Uh, I like Oladipo. I like Wall, Christian Wood. I mean, this is a good team. Eric Gordon comes back tonight. Um, I think how Aaron I'm going to play this game. What's sorry, never mind. No, no, never mind. Keep going. Uh, how I'm going to play this game is I wanted that two and a half, so I'll probably just watch it live and hope that the Blazers go on a run at some point, and then that way I don't have to pay the extra premium because I'm seeing minus five now. But that seems like a line move that's warranted against this mash unit, this Portland. Poor team. They can just never stay healthy. I think it's just too much for Dame to do on his own. Uh, Covington's out with a concussion. Uh, so, I mean, it's like they're, they're, they're missing their second-best scorer and two of their best defenders in Nurkic and Covington. I think it's too much for this team to overcome. And uh, I like Houston here tonight. Total is 229. What, what did you think of the total? I was – and again, it's it's tough because my model keeps kind of pushing me towards unders a lot this yeah. year, and it's it's hard to figure this game out again with no Nurkic. Um, it looks like Dame's going to play, but there's no McCollum, right? Um, yeah, McCollum is out. Um, it's tough. I mean, I think the angle, like you said, is to maybe look for a live spot to do something with Houston. Maybe I was thinking maybe a Houston team total, but I'm seeing one seventeen and a half, and even one eighteen certain places. Too high. That's that's not a number that, that I'm thrilled about trying to attack. So I, I think you're right at this Houston point. Houston blows them out, which I think is a possibility. You're not going to get those points in the fourth quarter, which is why I think that 118 is too high. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking at the roster, and I don't see why Portland will try to get into a track meet here. I mean, I guess I mean, to look at it from the other perspective, though, you know. Enos Cantor is going to be the starting center, so there's effectively no rim protection for Portland here. Um, if Covington's out, which it looks like he is again, I mean that yeah. takes one of their better defenders off the floor. It's mm-hmm. it's not going to be hard for Houston to score points, right? Not at all. Yeah, I think it's Houston or pass here. Um, like you said, maybe look for something live, but I don't th- I don't see any way to attack kind of this this five minus five or the team total or something like that. Um, I mean. Maybe, you know, they don't pop in my first quarter model. I'm looking to see what the first half line is here. I mean, something like that maybe makes sense. Let me see what I got for a first half number on them. Two and a half for the first half. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I'll put that on list as kind of a maybe a double check there, but I think that's a good angle. Or like you said, look for something live, you know. Hopefully yep. Portland starts fast and you can get Houston there. So lean Houston for us, um, but not a play. Anything else to add before we jump to the next game? No, let's jump. Let's move on. Clippers in Miami. This one's kind of a mess. Um, we know Kawhi's out. We know Paul George is out. It seems uh, like Patrick Beverly is out um, looking for Miami. More Harkless is questionable. Jimmy Butler is questionable. Tyler Hero is questionable. Myers Leonard is questionable. Goran Dragic is questionable. And they have been for quite some time. Um, looking at this line, it's Miami minus five. The total opened at 215. The total's been bet down 215, down to 213 and a half. Uh, Miami minus five. 
pretty steady. I see, I see a couple four and a halfs, but those might just be rogue numbers. Yeah, it's just a juicy four and a half. So what do you think as you start to look at some of these numbers? For me, it's just it's so hard to handicap this game until we know who on Miami is actually playing. Yeah, I think this game is almost impossible to handicap. Um, so I guess just for the sake of podcasting, I mean, because we're not going to give out a pick on this game. How do you handicap the Clippers without both their stars? I think it's a pretty solid team, honestly. It's mm-hmm. you, know, you take those guys off the floor; they still have some nice big man. I mean, Batum's been really nice. What you have left is a team that's still, you know, probably above average defensively for the most part. You know, hopefully Canard can get you some buckets. I think maybe what is kind of more interesting here. I mean, if you look at this Clippers team, you know, if everyone on Miami is announced in, um, do you like this line? Are you looking to try to bit Miami here? Or if you know it turns out. You know, Butler's out again. Um, you know, Hero's out again. Drogic is out again. Um, do you maybe look at, at, at the Clippers here? It's, um, you know, kind of the sliding doors, if you will. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to bet this game at all. Even it's if tough. I find out they're in. Yeah. Hey, I think, I think one of the things. I have to cut this short. I think <laughs> I got here a little earlier than I expected. Well, that's a shame. All right. Yeah. Ladies so and gentlemen, I'm we're going to try. Everybody. I got to get my heater going. Um, did you want to just give out picks real quick for the last two games? Yeah. I mean, do you have anything yeah, for Lakers Detroit? All I have is Detroit uh, third quarter. I like Detroit there. Um, they've been a great third quarter team. So I've got them third quarter spread and money line. And then Golden State Phoenix. Um, I might talk myself into an under at some point. It's 219 and a half, and it hasn't really moved off of there. Do you have anything in those last two games? No, not really. So. I apologize for having to cut it short today, but we will be back next week, guys. So, and I'll talk to you really soon, Alex. All right, folks, uh, slide in the DMs if you have any particular questions. Again, sorry for that, um, but it's more important that Brett Heaters work so that he doesn't have yeah. to live in like 55, 60 degree weather all the time. Yeah, Got to get his house terrible. up to seven. He's old, folks. Old people get cold. He's yeah, got all his cats to bones. support. Uh, so I just, and I know maybe we'll start a, 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 a do, do we need a GoFundMe? Can you afford this? Maybe yeah, I got raise, it. Raise some money. All right. <laughs> I got it. Jazz cast for me last night. So. All right. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate you watching. Again, sorry to have to cut it short. Um, let us know if you have any questions, and we'll be back um, next Tuesday or Wednesday probably. All right. Good luck and all.